that today's episode was supposed to be how distractions hinder us from tapping into our creativity, only for life to happen to me in a way that drained me and has me not wanting to be creative. So guess what? Here I am pushing through the I don't want to because my want to is greater than my I don't want to. I think it doesn't get any more real than this. However, I'm not alone today. Joining me on today's show are two of the most creative people I know. I met them at Creflo Dollar's Grace Life Conference in 2019, and we've been best friends ever since. Brad Shapiro is an accomplished musician, songwriter, and lover of the word of God. He's a quick thinker. He's thought-provoking and has a wealth of knowledge about so many things. And his wife, Courtney, is a quiet but mighty warrior. She is a professional photographer. She does some writing and graphic design. Anyway, I texted them for help with this episode. And guess what? They didn't want to do it either. That's how I know this episode is going to be great. So without further ado, let's dive right in. You are now listening to the Be Unconventional podcast. Your number one resource for unconventionality. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad and Courtney. Hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey Rikita. Listen, I, I almost, uh, listen, I, 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 I was not ready to do this, but I, I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am. That's what this. makes it good, right? Yeah, that's what makes it good. I know. And I just, I, I felt like when it comes to you guys, Maybe I have more faith in y'all than y'all have in yourself. But. Well, we're, we're not we're not really planners, so this is actually a lot better for us. That's why it works too. It's the volunteer. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm so creative. I create opportunities for people to grow. <laughs> oh my Get out of here. So I want to talk to the people today about how distractions keep us from our creative flow and when we got to talking before about just some different things that um, keep you guys from a creative flow what we realized everyone is that a lot of these distractions if you change your perspective on them they can also be drivers they can drive you into creativity so I want to first start with the topic of comparison. Brad, how does comparison and maybe competition um, keep you from tapping into a creative flow? Well, uh, I'll, I'll say for for me, the competition side, with, with creativity, uh, I'm kind of in competition with myself first. Um, so, Usually, if I get too caught up in what somebody else is doing, it'll just totally disrupt my natural process. Like yeah. if I'm entering a competition or something like that, I, I don't want to see the other entries. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, if I have a description and whatever, I, I prefer to work with that, but especially with social media and, you know, stuff like that, it's very easy to get caught up in somebody else's uh, creative gifting highlights. Um, when, when they're, when they're showcasing their best, it's really easy to compare it to what your worst is. Mm. Um, and so it, it automatically, at least for me, stifles how I can dream about where I can go yeah, with something. Um, and, and again, I, I like for, I like for things to feel different. And the easiest way, in my opinion, to do that is to not consider what, what other people are up to. Um, how, how does comparison turn into a driver for you though? How does it drive you to creativity? Um, I, I, personally, I like the concept of my stuff being compared to other people's. Okay. So, so for me, that, that's why I try to keep stuff as uniquely me as possible. I mean, it, it doesn't always pay off. Um, but you always know when you win a competition or something like that, or play second or whatever, that it had your fingerprints all over it. So you, you deserve to be holding whatever that trophy is, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's your fingerprints and it's touching the trophy, it's your trophy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so it, it it drives me in, uh, I guess in that way. Um, And also I I like to be up against good competition. Like to me, good competition is what brings out the best in me. So like, I like, um, (laughs) this is going to be weird to admit, but um, I, I usually tell other people about like auditions like, like in, in the music business, a lot of times you do have to audition for parts and, and they're just, they're looking for something specific. You never know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I usually share audition notices with people who I think would be good for it because if I'm going to get this part, I want to beat them. I want to, I want to beat the best person that I can think of that's there. Mm -hmm. And if they, if they win, I want to know that I lost to them instead of, you know, like (laughs) not sharing it with them, losing to some other schmo, you know, (laughs) and and then just, just feeling bad after that. So, so for me, the the competition that really drives my creativity is going to be healthy, strong competition instead of just, wow, nobody else submitted. Oh, I'm so glad so-and-so didn't show up to this audition. I would have never got it. You know, I I don't want to get stuff like that. So, so I like that part of comparison is, is when my actual product will be compared to other people's actual products. And then just mm-hmm. like the best one wins. No, I feel that for sure. So another distraction that we discussed was people pleasing. And mm. I can identify with this one too. <laughs> so um, I'm going to let Courtney share her thoughts on how people pleasing can really hinder the flow of creativity. And before she does that, I just want to remind you guys, if you have not listened to the episodes on obligation versus obedience, that is a great series to listen to because we dive really, really deep into why we people please, why it's not good for us and why, um, you know, people pleasing also hinders our obedience, not just creativity, but our obedience to God. So Courtney, why don't you share with the people um, how people pleasing actually can hinder your creative flow? Yeah, this one's really interesting because it's, it's kind of a balance, not people pleasing. That's not good. But um, 
I also see it as um, so a lot of times with creativity, you're not creating just for yourself. You're creating for others. Mm-hmm. They're hiring you if it's a job situation to um, facilitate what's in their head, in their imagination, um, which is great, but you can take it too far. So um, that's, it's always that balance where um, in the past, I've, I've, one of my superpowers I feel like is partnering with people and I can, I, I, I do feel like I have the gift of discernment and some other things like that. So um, partnering with them, I can, I can allow myself um, to go too much with their emotions mm. um, and um, or too much into even a wrong direction um, if they start to get negative and things like that. And um, it's, it's really interesting. It, it helps to shadow other people and to see how other people do business, whatever your field might be. Because um, I remember working with one photographer and her superpower with wedding photography was to control the situation. She didn't wait to be told something. Um, if the bride was crying, she would find, she would talk to that bride and almost minister to that bride. Um, and change the atmosphere of the room. Hmm. Whereas I came from a background of photojournalism, which was a hundred percent about, about observing and not changing the environment, but seeing, being under other people who knew how to do that to a positive way, even if, you know, maybe they're believers, maybe not, but, um, that was really powerful to know that we can do that with creativity. So, um, in terms of stopping people pleasing, I think, the real people pleasing is to actually minister to people and their needs and being able to discern that and taking control when you need to. Um, so you have to guard your heart from their energy <laughs> and not to sound new agey, um, but guard your heart from that in the room and um, really tap into what God has for you and them and um, step in and kind of change the atmosphere. Yeah. I, I love that because um, I think Brad was talking earlier about how, you know, when you get hired for um, hired for a job to be creative, uh, they they don't sometimes they don't allow you to actually be creative. Um, they want you to replicate something that somebody else was doing. I think that's what you said. Right, Brad? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so people pleasing um, is restrictive, actually. And it restricts our creative flow. Courtney, your your role is so unique because you have to bring people's ideas to life, basically, um, whether it's writing or photography. So people can have an idea the way they think it should be done, but your role is to really come in and make it a certain way. And they have to allow you to do that, have to trust you to do that. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about how, when you don't have the freedom to be creative, like the restrictive part of people pleasing, can you speak to that? Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so deep. Um, man, yeah. So some of it is self-imposed and some of it is external. And in my case, I would say most of it is actually self-imposed. Really? Uh, Yes, because even if people in initially push back and say they think they want this, um, if if you're the expert, 
either in your profession or spiritually, you have a right to push back on that as well um, Mm -hmm. and explain more. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very, I mean, that's, I feel like it's very general. No, but it makes sense. I want to give like specific examples. Is it what? I I said it makes so much sense because um, when it's, when the restrictions are self-imposed, like your personality, I think is just not to be confrontational. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I hate the most, and this is just me, you guys, but if I'm working with somebody who has given me a job to do and it requires my creativity, yet they want to control every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I absolutely cannot just sit back and allow that to happen my personality does not mind confrontation at all um if you hire me for a specific role and you won't let me do it I need creative autonomy like I I need it for everybody to feel good about themselves like if I don't have it nobody's gonna like it nobody's gonna you know and and so I think in your case what you're saying is um, so that would be external restrictions, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not me trying to people please, or it's not me trying to just be flexible. It's literally somebody has their thumb on me. Somebody's micromanaging me and that can really, really restrict your creativity. And then I guess when it's self-imposed, it's, well, I don't want to argue with them. So if they think this is best, I'll just do it. But on the inside, Courtney, mm-hmm. you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> or, if, or if honestly, you know better. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, every you don't want to push too far, but if there's something where, um, yeah, you know better or, or you can guide the situation in a better way, but, it, but you don't want to cause that friction, just that little bit, just even try a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brad, any thoughts on this, the people pleasing and restrictions part? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a, got a lot of thoughts on that, especially like music is such an interesting thing. Uh, but I've also gotten to watch the whole photography world as well. Like they're, 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 it's really interesting to see the differences between the two, especially with people pleasing, because both of them are about, about like the end product. If you think about it, like a music Mm -hmm. performance or or a, like like a uh, picture, those are both going to be things that are pe- people are ready to to criticize and stuff, right? Yeah. But in one of the in one of the areas, you've got somebody criticizing themselves, and in the other area, you have somebody criticizing someone else. So when people receive a picture of themselves or whatever, they're they're sitting there criticizing themselves right away. So then they go into the next photo shoot, having these expectations of this this photographer that they're gonna be magical and stuff. Um, but yet they have a hard time finding out how to place value on the specific creativity. Like they don't, mm. they don't realize why the, you know, Courtney's uh, photo shoots come out so well is because she's great with them or whatever, but that, that people pleasing thing, it, like Courtney uses it in, in a healthy way, like in, in the shoots and stuff, but um, dealing with the pushback, I, I think it's, I think it kind of is all self-imposed because there's people who can allow that stuff to not affect their creativity or they can, 
make an opportunity out of the the feedback that they're getting like they just mm-hmm. aren't as they, they don't come come out offended you know so, oh. so they're listening to their clients in a different way than than somebody who's trying to please them so brad you said something just now that made me think uh about how I feel when, when I feel like somebody's micromanaging me or if I feel like I don't have creative autonomy, instead of getting stressed out and offended at the fact that they're restricting me, I could change my perspective and create an opportunity for us to meet in the middle somewhere. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Like both sides of that are self-imposed, actually. So that's really good. I that blessed me. That uh, yeah. I'm gonna keep that in mind. Put that in my back pocket, Pastor Brad. You always say things that kind of cut a little bit. And you yeah, know. well, so these, I'll these take aren't that. these aren't just ideas either. Like this is stuff <laughs> I actually have to practice. Like I, I had a solo gig um playing guitar, like basically background music kind of thing. Like like they don't they don't want to even know that you're there. Okay. Mm. Um, but it's it's awesome because it's like it's like at a fancy hotel and it's it's for like doctors or something. They don't care what you play. So it's so it's an easy job, you know. However, you go into it and you know that the that the client is gonna have some pretty high expectations mm-hmm. because they can number one afford to pay some guy to sit in the corner and play during cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. And and uh num- number two, it's an awards thing and they're in, you know, a fancy area for a while like like they you know they've they've got all these expectations but but you walk in and you'll have to do something like like uh, hey we don't want you to sound check (laughs) but we want you to start on time okay it's like it's like okay well yeah i can be flexible with that but then in your mind you 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 make it happen because you know you, you just want the person to be happy so you're choosing to fall under that but i knew that that what might happen is they might need some sound adjustments while i'm playing so I just expected them to have have some requests because we didn't do a sound check. I didn't get offended or anything, mm-hmm. um, but but I could have I could have been in that situation, throwing a fit with them and stuff, and it, it it would have been a waste of time just because I already went in trying to people please and felt underappreciated or whatever. Man, can we just talk about how being Christians in a secular world? keeps us on our toes <laughs> because yeah. I'm pretty sure they have hired, you know, diva musicians and singers who, what do you mean? I can't do a sound check. What do you mean? You know what I mean? And it's just like, as a believer, taking that self-control into these uncontrolled arenas <laughs> where everybody's out of control and, um, and just being the difference. I, I think something needs to be said about that how our Christ identity shows up every time we're in a position to create, right? Um, So how do y'all feel as a photographer um, at at secular events, as a guitarist, you know, maybe even on stage with secular artists, how does your Christ identity show up in your creativity? Mm. I mean, to start, I, I notice a big difference if I start day always in prayer and prayer specifically before I go to work, even if it seems like it's just the most, you know, secular thing, whatever, going in ahead of time with prayer and um, kind of what you said before about 
you hinted at like faith and all stuff like true humility true humility is starting with the end in mind so mm. um, mm-hmm. that's really good uh, what is the end in mind what what could be possible in terms of relationships um and we all have a limited time here and all of that so um at a certain point is faith stepping out when you don't feel like it and um yeah, starting with prayer and um, being open to whatever, not forcing things, not being weird, but um, just looking for opportunities to serve people and love people and being open to that and um, really getting yourself out of the center, yourself with your own stress and worry for the work day or whatever you're trying to accomplish, stepping out of the center and making it about other people so that God has room to work. That's so good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How does your Christ identity show up in your creativity when you're in the world? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, that's how we are. I don't know. So, yeah, that, right. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, exactly. Both of, I mean, we also, we, we met at a secular university. I was advised to not go there because <laughs> they said that I would, I would renounce my faith if I did that. So then I decided to go and study philosophy or religion there. Um, <laughs> So, so a lot of good their advice did. But the funny thing is, is I definitely kept my faith. It grew my faith, but I knew the faith that I had going into it. So I was ready to be in the world. I knew how to look for a Christian woman at a secular university. I found a great one. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And, and she was in the honors college with me. So I'm just, I'm just humble bragging on both of us. It's (laughs) anyway, but, but um, I will say this. Um, I, I did plan on being a Christian in the secular world. So, so our mindset, even together as a couple, when, when we work is we, we go in there um, praying before and giving God access to that because what, whatever we're doing, we're at least there. So we get to give him access. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the benefits of being a believer in the secular world is at any point you can have God right there with you. If you invite him in. So, good. so, so for, for me, um, that's where, well, first of all, prayer is really important because I'm about to go do the same job as somebody else who doesn't have my beliefs at all. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm playing secular music at, at a theme park with people, well, I have to play the songs that are predetermined. I don't really get to pick the songs. I'm doing a job, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when I'm singing like, like, <laughs> you know, a song where it's like, I, like I've had to pray against certain lyrics that I'm singing out there. I'm like, I don't want that as a part of my life. So, so for me, the, that, portion is cool because the only thing that i can do then to share the gospel is by treating people a certain way yeah because i can't control the message that i'm delivering but i can control exactly how people feel when they interact with me true because they they get to they get to you know come to somebody who has their best interest in mind how often do you get to do that that that's that's definitely just just from being a believer like when you go in there and and think about that the only way that you can help somebody else's life is by how you treat them i don't care how you got there that's a pretty good outlook but again for for me that's that's going to end up showing showing benefits not just them but then also kind of kind of proof that god got to be there um but then even going a step further um, the proof that you kind of shared the gospel in those environments, because, again, you, you can't really lead with it just because you're trying to be polite to people, mm-hmm. um, you know, but but the, the proof of it in, is them becoming a return customer. Yep. So with with um, with photography, when you when you treat them a certain way, um, they end up being lifers. You know, they'll hire you for whatever big event they have because of how you treated their family. 
And I, I will say that that in our experience, people like being treated um, the way that a believer should treat someone. That's so good. If I could piggyback on that real quick, part of that is with, we think of discernment a lot of times as, as detecting negative things, but some of that I feel like in the job is discernment and whether it's photography or whatever job, discernment for looking for the good as well. People get stressed and overwhelmed with life and everything and they don't see how important they are to God. And, and when you slow down and just me as a photographer, I slow down and I try to look at that moment. You can see that moment and you, you slow it down to that of what's most important and drill it down and you can bring people back to it and bring yeah. people back to how much they're loved by God and how mm-hmm. special this is. Like, this is your yeah. wedding day. This is your kid's birthday. This is whatever. Like, this is some major life event. Even if it's a corporate event, this is something really special you yeah. accomplished and it's so special and it's like slowing them down to that moment of gratitude and appreciation mm. to God when they may have just been stressed out and lost in works. Then I got to do this and that and slowing them down to gratitude, which I think can ultimately point back to their creator who loves them. Oh, that's so good, Courtney. <laughs> and I think when you're really intentional about relationships and people Um, the creator God through us will create opportunities for his love to be shown Mm -hmm. and that that is the I mean it's like sometimes you know the imposter syndrome can step in or um maybe comparison people pleasing or maybe we feel restricted like these distractions we're talking about Mm -hmm. and then we too will have to slow down and remind ourselves like David encouraged himself in the Lord as the creative we have to do that for ourselves a lot of times taking a step back and realizing Rakita you are so loved by God and this is a moment that you might not get back Right. I have to remind myself that if I'm here in this room, this isn't about me. Who can I show the love of God to today? God, who do you want to encourage in this room today? Mm-hmm. And so, man, Courtney, that was great. I got to sit with that one for a second, girl. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, so let's talk about how I'm going to I'm going to tie these last few ones up. Uh, we discussed even how like finances unrest perfectionism and grief are all distractions to our creativity and the example that i feel like holy spirit gave me was if your husband gave you a fifty thousand dollar ring you would not say oh you know babe i really don't deserve this can you take it back (laughs) right and uh he first of all he knows you don't deserve it but he was willing to pay for it And your value is determined by the price that someone's willing to pay. And I, by not receiving or accepting what God had for me because of my perfectionism, um, it was almost like I was rejecting the value that he placed on my life with his blood. And I know that might sound real deep, but I'm like, oh my God, you literally gave your life for me so that I could have an abundant life. And I've been complacent with just the life part and not the abundance part. And um, all because I want to control what I put out. It has to be perfect, perfect, perfect. But I'm like, what is perfection? God created the heavens and the earth. 
And when he rested, he said it was good. He didn't even say perfect. <laughs> a perfect God called his work good. <laughs> and I don't even think if I had anything to do with creating the heavens and earth, it would not have taken six days. <laughs> like I, I imagine with with what I was dealing with, with, with perfectionism, I can lose. I don't really like the sun right there. Maybe it should go here. Oh. Um, dang, the tree of life needs to be like it needs to move over just a centimeter. Like I would just <laughs> or like do, do or do we do we have anything sweeter? <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like I, Adam. I know I gave you authority, but look, I need to take that back real quick because I need to fix this. Right? Like right. I, I just I would have messed it up. So I wanted to speak to that first. Just say like you guys, I know what it's like to be so wrapped up in perfectionism and ultimately as a Christian it is a lack of trust in God mm-hmm. at the end of the day um, and I really wasn't trusting his love for me and I wasn't trusting his plan for me and how was that working out for me not great so have either of you struggled with perfectionism to the point of procrastination? Because that's really what it all boils down to. It's like, I can't even get nothing creative out. I keep procrastinating and putting things back because I'm trying to make it so perfect. Well, here, here's the funny thing about procrastinating as a perfectionist is you wait till the last minute to do it, but then it takes you so long to do it that you're bound to miss the deadline because nothing's going to be good enough anyway. Right. You know what I mean? So, so literally you cripple yourself by getting yourself closer to the thing. And then, you know, you're going to take 20 hours to record 30 seconds or something, you know? Like, yeah. 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 But uh, I'll, I will say, um, you know, it's, it's funny that, that, you know, as believers, we think that we can produce something perfect, mm. you know, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with my theology. Like it really messes with me because I thought the entire basis of, you know, where I'm going after this whole life is over was was based on the idea that I wasn't perfect. Right. And something that's not perfect, that doesn't have that can't make perfect. But we can make imprints. You know, we, we can make we can make a footprint on something. We can put a fingerprint on something. We can we can we can design something like that, but we can, we can't make it perfect. It's just going to be a replica of whatever we are. So for me, perfectionism needs to go out the window as a believer just right away. It just Mm. it just doesn't fit. Um, And also but with that, then we think, well, then does that make us an imposter then? Right. Because we thought we were here because we were the best. But there's no such thing as godly imposter syndrome. Come on. There's not. You you can't you can't have that because if God made you, you know, specific and he is not a liar then how are you going to say that you're not who he says you are? You know, that's what, that's what an imposter is, is when somebody isn't who they say they are. Well, who do you say you are? And who, whose are you? And who does he say you are? You know, like, so you're, you're <laughs> at this point, the only imposter would be to reject Jesus. Like if, if you, if you've accepted him and you realize what you've got going on for you, then you're not an imposter of anything. You're a representative you're not an imposter. That's a hypocrite. You don't fit that mold anymore. You know? Come on, Brad. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And then on top of that, we have like um, our finances, right? So this is another distraction. Like our finances, when you're in a tight spot, this one, 
how how would y'all speak to this? Because this can be a driver and a distraction. Yes. Whoever. Yeah. Oh man, you want to start now? Yeah, Paula? sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm I'm looking at my my instruments uh, here, and I feel like sometimes like I'll look at them and I'll feel bad because I repaired a lot of them myself, and mm-hmm. and I had to. You know, that was that was just something I had to do financially at the time, actually more less financially and more just like with with I only had like two guitars. So like I I can't go a day without (laughs) having a guitar that works. So you have to you have to do your own repairs. But in the process, I didn't do a great job with all of them Mm -hmm. Um, at the time. It it was it was a, a major frustration. Now, looking back at it, I realized that was more of my creativity. So. Like seeing that I made it through that period. And, and again, these, these things are still playing themselves, you know, so it's, it's not a big deal, but, but in that case, finances almost was, was, was it, it was sometimes a good problem to have because it, it forced you into being, being creative. Yeah. You know, wasn't always, wasn't always perfect, but it was, it was kind of cool and, and it helped you make it through something like there's something to that. Courtney. Yeah, I feel like it keeps coming back to that balance where it can be a motivator or it can, you know, be an excuse. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it it definitely presents challenges and it's not an even playing field um, a lot of times with finances, depending on what you're trying to pursue. Um, but uh, <laughs> let me go back to surfing. Like, um, I grew up in, well eventually as a middle school on, I grew up in, in beachside cocoa, cocoa beach, Florida. So, um, typically our surfers would beat out all the rest of the surfers around the world, which nobody, no one could understand, um, just because small town and the waves and the situations. But what was so great, because we have, we only have good waves a tiny bit of the year, mm-hmm. but that meant the rest of the year they fought for everything. So anybody knows surfing, Kelly Slater, like he's the top, you know, guy forever. Um, he's from Cocoa Beach. And it's because throughout the year you have to fight for every wave that you get. Um, so when you go to these other competitions where everything's handed to you, you, you excel. Um, so that I think about it in terms of finances where like, yeah, there can be part of the struggle can be good because you're resourceful. You know how to work with more things and that, that put sets you at an advantage of the people who just can just go get whatever the top latest thing is. Um, but yeah, there is an, an other side as well where you do need, it's just the world we live in. You need things provided to you. Um, and that's where the reliance on God becomes really important. Um, and it's almost an exciting thing because when it's too big, when you use something too big, you have to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And that's for me where it becomes easier. If it's in between, um, it's a, if it's gray area for a need, it's kind of difficult. But when it's too big, you can step out and believe God financially. And it, um, I don't know, it's almost easier. You know, you can watch him work. Yeah. And I'll just want to mention this for those listening. Um, Courtney, Brad, and I are full-time creatives, Mm. which means there is no clocking in and clocking out. (laughs) No, there is no clock. 
<laughs> there's no clock. As, um, yeah, so there's this is not just something it takes it definitely takes faith to be a full-time creative whether it's making music playing it um photography videography uh those special moments that people want at their events whether it's the entertainment uh like me and Brad or whether it's somebody capturing it on camera it pays it pays that is how we make our money however when people are not inviting us we do not get paid <laughs> so there are those moments where it's like you can say i used to feel this way um and this is how finances would be a distraction for me i used to say i'm not going to be a starving artist i'm going to go get a real job okay i used to say that mm -hmm. and i've had a lot of quote unquote real jobs and i was unhappy because I never made time to do what I was called to do, which is create. Um, and I can't say I was never happy. Let me say I wasn't happy frequently. <laughs> I was frequently yeah. unhappy. Um, but I found ways to be creative on those jobs. And so at the end mm -hmm. of the day, the common theme of my life was creating. <laughs> and yeah. when I stepped out to do this, um, it was almost like the Lord said, when are you going to do what I called you to do and trust me to see you through it. Who said that you were going to be a starving artist? My children are not forsaken, mm. nor does my seed beg for bread. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you're not just an artist. You are a daughter of a king who happens to be creative. And when I change my perspective on that, things started looking up for me. So I just wanted to say that for those mm -hmm. listening, like finances can really hinder your creativity when you want to take matters into your own hands when you're supposed to be creating. Now, am I against you working to fund your dream? No, <laughs> I want to be very, very clear because I also, um, as a matter of fact, I can't even call it clocking in, but I teach middle school choir for one hour a day, four days a week. And I actually have to fit, hand write a time card to which they have to remind me to do because I love what I do so much. <laughs> so it's something that I would do for free. And that's the only piece of money that I get, but it gives me the time to be creative throughout the day. And it takes discipline to do that. So anyway, just wanted to give that disclaimer. Um, one of the last things that I want to bring up as a distraction would be um, grief and unrest. And I think they go hand in hand because there are so many stages to grief. And in each stage, I think it presents an opportunity for unrest. And um, I can say when Delton's dad died in 2021, it seemed like our world kind of stopped. But there was a lot of unrest. And so I had to renew my mind to the truth of God's word pertaining to rest. It is for us. Jesus himself said, come to me and rest. You will find rest for your soul. And um, so Brad and Courtney, if y'all want to talk on that too, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that because 
as a believer, it's not like you don't go through things. It's not like life doesn't happen to you, but it's how you, um, how you deal with it that can uh, be a driver for you to uh, create in the midst of it. So do y'all have anything to say about grief and unrest? Um, I, I have a couple things to say about it. Um, first of all, there, there's a difference between the, like the performance element with music for me and the songwriting element of music for me, the songwriting element of music for me is kind of like a journal sort of situation where that that's where you kind of create what you'd like to be remembered by in, (laughs) in my opinion. So, you know, it grief is a good time to write those sort of things. If, if you're, if you're at a healthy place of processing, I, I believe in getting stuff out, but, but as far as like taking grief and, and figuring out how to create a lasting memory out of the, the beautiful parts of the sad situation. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that that's an area where I like to be creative. I like to get my imagination going in, in the, the way that I'm blessed from, from a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the performance element of it goes, like, I, I kind of, uh, I usually deal with, with some of my, my feelings that way, especially because that's how I relate to God. Like as a worship leader, pretty, in my opinion, if, if you don't relate to God through music and you don't share that experience with him all the time, you don't really belong leading worship. Come on. Like it, that your connection with me, you, you either have a connection with God, with music, or you don't, and you know it because personally, that's how you you connect with him. So when I go through grief, I want to worship because Mm -hmm. I want to connect with him. That's a way that I actually believe that I connect with God through. Mm -hmm. So, so for, for me, the worship element, it, it like where, when you can't be creative, be with the creator, you know, when you feel like your creator, (laughs) your creative button is broken. Like if I, if I'm, if I'm going through grief, yes, that's going to stump my wild imagination because I'm going to be focused on, certain things you know but Mm -hmm. but that's the time when the creator wants to create in you yeah something new so so instead of like like focusing your creative efforts on the grieving process like start with like like i'm trying to start with focusing on the creator Mm -hmm. and allowing him to create something new to take what the devil meant for harm and turn it into something good for me yeah. So and and again, I like with with some things I've gone through personally recently. I've taken that approach, and every single time I've been thrilled that I did. It's, yeah. It's 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 absolutely paid off every time. Well, I think that people, um, if people can see the word working for us mm-hmm. in good times and bad times and in between times. I think it is, I think it creates an opportunity for them to want to know Jesus. And if you can lose this, if this can happen to you and you can still like, how can you worship a God who did this? And then we get to say, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus comes that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And it's a, it's a ministering moment when we're personally affected by grief and loss. It's such a ministering moment for other people. Um, and I love what you said, focusing on the creator during that time. And yeah. it was, it was hard. 
it was hard to muster up the strength to like get on stage or muster up the strength to, you know, um, even go outside sometimes. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna see anybody because they're just gonna bring it up and I don't want you know what I mean? And it was just and 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 I'm like, no, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about how good our God is. Um because what we say we believe, the enemy will test that. And it's so easy to say you're a good, good father when everything is going great. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well and there's there's a tendency. I mean, this is a little off topic, but there's a tendency to to um, to to focus on the wrong stuff when when it comes to the the grief portion and ha- and how God handles it. Like we have the benefit of being able to say on the other side of of grief that we've experienced new levels of the comforter that we never thought were imaginable. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. like we we get we get to allow people into the comforted side of the God relationship. Man, that's so good. Like, because he, like we, we, yeah, we, we do think he's giving us way better outcomes than were ever imaginable, but also he gives us the same on the same amount of advantage he gives us. He also gives us that much comfort when it comes to it. You know what I mean? There's always like, cause that's the cushion that he promises. It's, it's Mm -hmm. one of the first things that Jesus, that Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as. So if it's the law of first mention, I mean, I don't know if it's actually first, I'm not a scholar, <laughs> but, but it's the first time I've ever heard of that. Like Correct. the, the way that, the way that he put it, he's like, I'm going to send you a comforter. It's like comforter. That sounds great considering how things are in this world, you know? Yeah, But not only that, but Hey, I'm going to send you a comforter because I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, he's like, he's like, and you're gonna need it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, great way to be forward thinking, Jesus. Um, right. So Sorry. yeah, because because that's it. That's essentially what he was saying. Like, look, I already know how this is gonna go down. Mm-hmm. I've been telling y'all via parables for you know five five books now. <laughs> like y'all, yeah, been, right. hearing, y'all <laughs> right. been hearing me talk about how I'm gonna die. You keep trying to tell me I'm not gonna die. I've been telling y'all this whole time. <laughs> I'm about to die, and I'm gonna send y'all the card. And so, no, but, and then, you know what, from that, from that experience, what you're talking about, like a new experience, um, with Holy Spirit as a comforter, then we can create from that comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I I was just going to say, isn't it funny? (laughs) Isn't it funny how he puts a message of hope in us? Yeah. Every time. Right. Every time. Anyway, sorry. No, no. It's Courtney, fine. thoughts? Thoughts on what the original question? <laughs> <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is how we stay on the phone for three and four hours. Right. Oh, yeah. that's nothing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not, that's a short conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, just thoughts on how, um, like, grief and unrest can be a distraction and a driver. Right. Um. Gosh, I never thought about those two words together, but it makes so much sense. Not that grief is like a sin, but yeah. And, and unrest, I would say that like, it would be like the opposite of peace in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, because when you can actually be at peace and be still and know that he's God and just then you just start receiving. It's in a, it, it's inevitable. Um, 
So today, uh, I was doing pictures at church, which is every once in a while, but um, I went into children's church today, which normally chaos and fun chaos and crazy. And it was before I, I just happened to peek through the window. And I'm glad I did because the kids were all silent, which is weird. <laughs> but they were doing prayer stations around the room. Oh, I know. And so I, I snuck in real quiet because whenever they see me, they freak out because there's a camera and it's fun and whatever. So um, I, I really didn't want to interrupt. I could feel the presence of God so thick in that room. It was emotional. And um, but just watching these little kids and every station taking it so seriously, but watching them have peace and be silent with God, like a little Lego station where they could build what they're praying for. Um, wow. <laughs> the teacher said they always want to go under the table and they're allowed to. So she made that station where they could go under the table, the be still and know that I am God station. Because <laughs> they wanted to be. Oh, that's so Isn't cool. that cute? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> there was a forgiveness station with an Alka-Seltzer, tab- Alka-Seltzer tablet or whatever. To, when it fizzles out, you you know you pray to forgive and like this little flower. Oh. It was just the most. I wanted to do it. I didn't get to do any of the stations. There, was, there were more. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, just watching these little kids who are so hyper all the time, they were they were the most still. Like, if it was it was that many adults in the room, they would have been fidgeting. But these kids were so into it and so mm-hmm. still so before cool. God. And, um, mm-hmm. oh, they had little prayer journals. And watching them be creative with God and write out their prayers was just, I just, I didn't want to go back out of the room. Um, yeah, so I think... When we can just refocus that and really remember, get back to the most basic, basic, basics, which is before anything, before any problems in the world, before you need to witness to anybody, it was all about God and walking with him and knowing him. Yeah. And from, and and in that time still before any sin or anything, it was still, it was still, um, taking control of the world and, and naming animals and like being creative and creating this world mm. in partnership with yeah, God that's good. Um, in the beginning before anything. So I think beginning, getting back to that um, is the most creative place we can be. Yeah. That's- Dang, that's so good. I'm so inspired by those <laughs> kids, to be honest. I think I'm just going to make some stations in my home. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> going to have me a forgiveness station. And a- yeah. No. Yeah, that is the cutest thing. I don't know if I could have seen it without crying. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I probably like- would have just bawled. The camera was um, blurry. um this has been really really good you guys i don't know how y'all feel about it but just um i for those listening i converse with my friends almost on a daily basis i talk to these people all the time yeah but this was the first time that we've actually stayed on one topic Well, I, I don't even know if we did, though, it's really. It, yeah, yeah, I guess. A win yeah. is a win. We're grading on a curve. Okay, you know what? But this one topic of how these um, all these different topics can be a distraction <laughs> or a driver to our creativity. Ultimately, I believe what the people will hear is just different perspective on what it means to be a creative in Christ. And how we go through so much of what everybody else goes through. Um, But what makes it different for the Christian is going back to whose we are 
and who he is in us. <clears throat> and so because we have a creative God on the inside of us, we are innately gifted with the ability to create. Last week I talked about, um, you know, why create, when to create, what to create and how to create. And so everything just points back to him. And, um, and there's not like one side to creativity. We, we, the three of us, we are very artistic with our creativity, but then there's strategic creativity. I think about, uh, I actually mentioned Jacovia in one of my podcast episodes because I'm such a visionary. I can tell Jacovia, man, it'd be cool if we could have this, 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 this. And what does he do? He creates systems and processes (laughs) to get the job done. I I can't, on top of being, Jacovia is, is a great musician too he's very artistically creative but I believe his strength is just being a strategic thinker and creating like digital systems and processes he works smarter and never harder well Um, it's it's kind of like he's he's a composer versus a bar musician correct like still a musician but you know and both both take talent but he's gonna create the masterpiece and the other guys you know (laughs) he's gonna gonna have a great time (laughs) well yeah when you think about you know musical composition when you think about beethoven yeah you know he created what we all play at some Mm -hmm. point and that's kind of how jacovia is and so we need we need all forms of creativity. I talked about, um, I talked to Shane yesterday, actually, about how, you know, he's on this wealth journey. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Shane, did you know the Bible says that he he gives us the power to create wealth? Yeah. You know, when I think about entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs are not artistic or creative thinkers as like we are like right brain people, I guess you could say. But a lot of entrepreneurs um, are just creative people in a sense that they had an idea and had the discipline, number one, the discipline, um, and just the wisdom to carry it out. I talked about in one episode how wisdom and understanding are key factors into creating something. Um, so yeah, th- this whole series about creativity and we've summed it up with um, how to stay motivated. I think the whole point of this episode today is how to stay motivated when life hits you to Mm. keep to keep creating to keep doing what God called you to do um, and how what is meant to be a distraction can actually drive you towards a new level of creativity I for one think we've stayed on topic you guys (laughs) and so that was my closing statement if you will (laughs) (laughs) and um, I'm just going to ask you guys know already those of you listening always pray us out and then do a prayer of salvation. But today, since I do have guests, I'm going to let Miss Courtney pray us out. And then Brad is going to give you an invitation to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if if you have not done that. Um, Lord, thank you so much for this platform and this podcast and this ability to come together and just come around this topic and um, and to come honestly and have this open um, discussion together. And uh, uh, in terms of creativity, God, thank you that you are the 
you're the ultimate creator, the author of everything, Lord, and um, we are made in your image. And I just pray that you help us all to identify with that even more. God, help us to be humble enough to serve others and humble enough to also um, allow you to work through us and in us and help us to see ourselves um, in your image and and represent that to others, um, Lord. And we just receive that and we agree with you that we're going to walk with you in that and involve you in every step of our day every day in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And uh, th- this is for anybody out there um, who uh, who is ready to start a relationship with God. Um, the coolest thing about this is uh, it starts right now if you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is all it takes. Just repeat after me. God, I thank you for loving me enough to preserve your word for it to make it to me. I know I want to be in communion with you, but I'm not quite sure how. But I know that if I accept Jesus as my savior, if I know that he died and rose again for my sins, that I can be in right fellowship with you. And I want to choose that today. Thank you for continuing to teach me what that means. And thank you for putting the right people in my path to foster this relationship with you. I love you, and I know that you love me too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're blessed by this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also share with others. You can go ahead and visit YouTube and subscribe now to be the first to know when I make my YouTube debut. For all other inquiries, or if you'd like for me to sing or speak at your event, even if you'd like for me to join you on your podcast, visit www.rakitaharper.com. And as always, friends, be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.